What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to yet another episode of In Defense of Liberation, the show that is working towards and educating about a true people's liberation movement and one day soon a true proletarian revolution. But until that day comes, I am your host, Josh, and I'd like to say thanks so much for stopping by. Uh, This is going to be a short one. I don't really have too much to say, and I feel... um, personally as if I'm kind of in a moment where I'm not really trying to speak on too much myself. Um, I'm kind of in one of those moments where I've educated myself on a lot of different things and I'm trying to kind of collect my thoughts with all of those. So I've been basically just like kind of pressing pause a little bit um, and just really trying to study and really understand the stuff that I've been learning about lately. I've been trying really, really hard to pay attention to what's going on all across the world and to get better at, you know, doing research and stuff like that, knowing which groups are CIA propaganda, knowing which groups tend to uh, platform those folks. Um, So, you know, I'm not... I'm not trying to necessarily come onto the podcast as frequently as I have before and just chat uh, and kind of speak on things which others have already spoken about. Uh, Because I think that although, you know, getting content out there and getting propaganda out there is important, um, I think building solidarity is more important. So I'm trying to get better at, instead of, you know, taking a a topic that someone covered and going, oh, you know, that's really interesting, I'd love to do an episode about that on my show, you know, get some guests on and really be able to talk out everything. Um, As cool as that is to, you know, have another version or another episode about a given topic, um, it's not always necessary, you know, and I personally, Josh don't need to have a say on every single given topic, um, I can sit back and listen and learn. Um, And I'm trying to get back into that groove because that's important. Um, But yeah, so I wanted to come on here to kind of talk about that, to kind of talk about the importance of, um, you know, joining an organization, talking about the importance of kind of evading to the best of your ability, um, becoming hyper online, um, becoming hyper isolated. And I also wanted to just kind of chat about some stuff that I personally have been checking out and, uh, kind of send you that way to go check out that media yourself. Um, but starting from the top, you know, I really just want to say that the reason why I talk about this is because I am someone who grew up in a very backward reality. Uh, As long as I've had the show, I've talked about the fact that I grew up in a very evangelical, conservative household. Uh, And I've not really gone into specifics about this before, although I have mentioned it. Because of the family situation that I have, I uh, I got some trauma, you know. 
And uh, one of the ways in which that that surfaces, it seems, is I like to catch an ego. I like to catch an attitude. Uh, Especially when I think that I'm smarter than someone. And uh, I've been noticing that cropping up in some of my conversations, uh, even on here. Uh, And I think that although it's important... uh, Black Red Guard has expressed this before. Although it's important to convey your ideas across, like your political line across, in a way that doesn't cause any kind of questioning or any kind of, you know accent of weakness on like the part of the person who's trying to push a political line because like if you're kind of like ah, I don't know this is kind of what I think but you know this might be wrong da, 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 da. red black guard is like why would anybody have any reason to believe someone who's going up there going like well I don't know what I'm talking about but this is what I came to a conclusion about he's like you know we got to do better at like really being bold in our propaganda and really pushing the line Uh, quite explicitly there's always an importance for that but I think outside of an organized you know group collective it's just like for example a person with a podcast who thinks that they're right about everything and even if I you know or you know whomever is right a majority of the time nobody's right always and to you know really solidify ourselves in this kind of stagnation we have to keep learning you know we can get the basis of marxism we can get the basis of capitalism we can begin to understand these things at a little bit more of a one-on-one level and then take it deeper and that's kind of what i'm going for that's what i've been going for for the last two years um those of you who have been around listening to the show for a while know that i have definitely uh progressed forward in my ideological understandings I've done a lot of studying, and I've done a lot of self-critique. This is another step in that self-critique, because as it stands right now, I don't have uh, an organization to hold me accountable. Um, I don't have an organization of comrades to, you know, in, in a healthy way, in a healthy environment, point out and say, yo, I think that, you know, you got to work on your... Uh, your uh, your discussions a little bit better. You got to work on uh, your tone <laughs> a little bit better. Uh, so instead, I just have to be really insecure and anxious about every single episode that I post until I get to a point where I'm like manic enough where I feel that I want to just stop recording altogether. Um, and then usually at that point, I decide. Ah, Maybe it's time to read some more books, check out some more content. Um, For me personally, I don't know about y'all, but ever since the pandemic, this is really what I spent my time doing. Uh, You know, I came from a background where nobody believed what I had to say unless I had the evidence. And even then, usually they didn't believe what I had to say because wherever that evidence was coming from was a source that they didn't like, so they wouldn't believe it. You know, back when I was uh, like a shit lib, milk toast type kid, um, back when Annoying Question Boy first started, um, I like, you know, would pull out sources like CNN, MSNBC um, to be able to point out to, you know, my grandma or my parents or whatever 
conservative on Facebook I was arguing with that day that like you know these are the awful things that different people have done these are the awful things that different people have said and here's the evidence for it this is why I kind of question when they you know say they're going to do this or this is why I kind of don't understand why things can't get better because they've been lying and doing this shit for years and years and years and we all know it um and then as I kind of like progress forward I realize that a majority of people especially online uh are there to solidify their already pre-existing beliefs and they are there to find a click of people who agree with what they believe in and that's that so you know uh one thing that I don't really do anymore I don't really spend too much time arguing online I don't really spend too much time trying to sit there and you know battle back and forth with people when I'm having a conversation if I'm having a conversation with someone and they're like yeah but socialism killed three million people or you know Joseph Stalin killed 20 bajillion people or they're like you know yeah but Venezuela is a a socialist dictatorship or Cuba is an authoritarian uh, regime I don't I don't hold my breath that's for sure I don't I don't have any expectations coming out of that conversation anymore but at the same time you know one thing that I am doing time and time again in my life is I'm constantly having these conversations I'm constantly trying to learn more uh and I'm constantly trying to reach out to people to learn more from uh so that's been one way in which that I'm trying to like self-critique uh another way that I'm trying to self-critique is uh by joining an organization. So I wanted to talk about that too. Um, I'm between a few different organizations and I'm not going to specify which ones because I think that ultimately um, people carry judgments, especially ill-founded judgments because most people aren't actually in organizations. Um, But I'm between a few different organizations. There's a lot of them that do exist in the United States. Um, I don't necessarily know the character of each, but I would say at the end of the day, it's worse to sit by ourselves and not join an organization because we feel that that organization is not what it needs to be. Um, if we cannot join in an organization and and build it in a way that we think it should if we can't join organizations because of this that or the third we're just going to continue to be isolated and although i agree that a majority of the organizations that do exist within the u.s have some pretty serious you know some have some serious allegations against them and some of them just have some serious things to work on. Um, but in any case, uh, until, you know, this beautifully revolutionary organization that everybody's waiting for appears on the map, what, are we just all going to sit around and wait for it? And not for nothing, this organization isn't going to come out of thin air. These changes aren't going to come out of thin air. It's going to take actual people coming together and organizing. If you don't like the organizations that are in your area, try to build one. 
I mean, not saying that that's the good idea, like, because reinventing the wheel, you're at, at that point, you're having to figure out everything, everything for yourself. Whereas these other organizations might have connections, they might have finances, they might have, you know, delegations, they might have uh, training classes, they might have uh, already existing you know, uh, sub organizations that are doing tenant work, that are doing farming work, that are doing, uh, inner city, you know, food distribution. And, uh, to try to build that up from the ground, trust me, is very difficult, especially when you're already isolated. Um, so I would say at the very least, join an organization, wait six months. You don't like it six months down the road, join another organization. Um, if you look at every single revolutionary that has actually participated in revolution, uh, there's, you know, plenty of organizations which they've belonged to, probably plenty of organizations that they still belong to, because, you know, that's the thing is you don't have to be, one thing that I've had a problem with that kind of combs in with my ego, and I think a lot of us have problems with in the West because of the individualized nature that we are raised the way in which we are taught that change happens and kind of our understanding of historical development leads us to believing that like we ourselves have to play this incredible independent role. And although most of us should be trying if we can to dedicate what time we do have to be being able to learn and to develop skills that'll help us come, you know, the time that we are uh, organizing, help us to actually fit into that organization. If we're not doing that at this point, I think we're really hurting ourselves. But what I'm meaning to say is just the fact that like, don't romanticize this shit. This shit isn't supposed to come out of a novel. Uh, and if the way that you're imagining revolution is, you know, some glorious and and beautiful thing that is just going to work like the snap of a fingers and, uh, and, and is just going to, you know, be something that you yourself, because you've read that many books or you've watched that many YouTube videos, or you've listened to that many podcasts that you're going to be able to like, you know, really take hold of this situation more than anything. What the, this revolution requires is actual personal experience, like actual practical participation in organizations. That's where you learn skills. That's where you learn how to build connections. That's where you learn what the revolution is really about. That's where you learn how things work, how they don't, and how to really build uh, a popular uh, people's movement. But anyways, wrapping up here real quick, because like I said, this was going to be a short one. Uh, the last thing that I'm really trying to work on in myself is I am really trying to, uh, do a better job of getting guests on the show instead of talking on things myself, but also getting guests on the show and then building deeper connections with them. Um, this episode is going to come out before, uh, the next episode, which I'm going to release, which was me and comrades uh, Ramiro Sebastian Fuñez and comrade Libre X Sankara, who came on the show to talk about uh, what's going on in Nicaragua, what's going on uh, in Central South America, and to talk about uh, you know actual people's movements which are fighting 
against imperialism today. Um, but I have a, you know, a deep, great relationship with Comrade Ramiro. My friendship with Comrade Libre is growing. Um, a lot of people that I've met through podcasting, I have been able to become uh, comrades with, and that's been great because what we need to do is we need to build an internationalist movement. And that's why I'm kind of between the groups that I'm between because I'm not looking to as important as small and local organizations are. I'm not looking to join something that only has, you know, uh, you know, a connection with 10 to 15 people. I would love to be a part of a party that has a national standing, which then we can build a local organization that has 15 to 20 people, because then we have the backup, we have the resources, we have the expertise, we have the comrades who can help us to grow that, uh, rather than trying to figure this shit out all on our own. And I say that as I am currently building a reading group on my own, because, you know, as it stands right now, I'm in this weird limbo spot between not being organized, but trying to organize, but also not having enough free time to join full-time an organization, and so therefore probably having to miss out on things like reading groups as it is already. Uh, so, you know, this is one thing that I'm trying to develop, um, and it's really for the purpose of having other people who are, you know, around me who have similar understandings, who have uh, different experiences than me, who want to read some revolutionary works and talk about it and figure out how to make them useful in our daily life uh, today. But, you know, like I said, the last thing I'm really trying to work on is I'm really trying to work on um, experience learning and, you know, kind of shutting up. But also I'm trying to get better at knowing how to build relationships, knowing how to develop solidarity, knowing how to grow uh, a movement and learning how to be a part of building socialism. Because as it stands right now, you know, we all want to talk about, will we see the day of the revolution? Will we see the day of the revolution? The day of the revolution, usually what we're imagining is an insurrectionary movement. Now, we know, speaking historically, that insurrection is not always the most uh, viable option at taking state power. Uh, nowadays, we see countries like the Philippines uh, and others do what's called protracted people's war. Now, I will talk about that another time when I have someone who's on here who knows what the fuck they're talking about when they talk about it. But the reason why I bring it up is because that protracted nature, it's a process, we have to understand that socialism, that revolution, and that change is a process. If we look at countries like Nicaragua or Cuba or, you know, the USSR or China even, you can see different phases in their development. You can see the period in which they tried to go full on, you know, for example, in Cuba without uh, external trade, trying to do it without having to participate in the global capitalist market. Then you see them, you know, doing their sugarcane harvest and really developing their trade between countries through their already existing monoculture. Because 
Although a majority of Cubans, including, you know, Che, Fidel, Raul, and the Communist Party, all wanted to break away from the monoculture of sugar, they had to take a real, uh, you know, analysis of the situation and recognize that that was the realistic option that they had ahead of themselves to make money. Then you have the period after the overthrow by capitalism of the USSR, uh, where they go, Cuba goes into what they call their special period. And you see a similar development in countries like the DPRK, in Vietnam, in Laos, in, uh, you know, Nicaragua, Venezuela, Cuba, Bolivia. You see a developing and a growing revolution, which forms in stages. It goes from a quantity having more and more people participate in the movement to a quality, whereas now the people who are participating, the things that they are doing, the steps that they are taking are that much more revolutionary. They couldn't be in an earlier stage because people were not educated and mobilized and organized to that point. But now that they are, things can be different. And I want to say for those of us who are in the West who feel that we have no hope, who feel that the West is full of a bunch of jackasses who are going to kill the revolution... Lenin felt the same way in the 1890s. Marx felt the same way pre-1848 and pre-1871. You know, Mao felt the same way. Ho Chi Minh felt the same way. Fidel and Che felt the same way. But what they did, and it's the last thing that I'm trying to work on in myself and all of us need to work on, is they had revolutionary hope. They knew that because of capitalism's very development, It was going to make people so poor, so tired, so exploited, and so oppressed that eventually all of them are going to be incapable of looking at this system and having only good things to say about it. They are going to be incapable of being deceived by the propaganda at the level that they have to this point. And once we hit that point, we have taken a qualitative shift. And I think that's the point that we're at now, where the majority of people in the world do not believe the capitalist propaganda that they have pushed down their throat. This is an organizing opportunity, this is an educating opportunity, and this is a point to build a popular uh, people's movement. And so we have to take the energy that was built this time last year and before that um, in India, in the United States, in Chile, in Colombia, the mass popular movements to rewrite the Constitution, to uh, get rid of police, to uh, abolish, um, you know, these discriminatory and harmful laws. Um, We have to take the energy that's still there and we have to build it. We have to cultivate it. We have to grow it and we have to water it. We have to give it life. We have to give it hope and we have to give it something to fight for. If we have no future that we believe in, if we don't think that things can get better, we're never going to do what we need to do to make them so. But things can get better because if we look historically, things always are changing. Nothing ever stays the same. And if that's the case and we can educate ourselves to a point where we know what is good and what is bad, what helps the majority of people and what doesn't, what gives the majority of people a more egalitarian life and what doesn't, then we can actually take hold of this situation. 
we have the food, we have the medicine, we have the expertise, we have the technical ability, we have the people, we have the productive capacities, we have the transportation materials, we have the knowledge, we have the scientific understandings to produce everything that we need and provide it for everyone. We have the ability to plan an economy. Look at China, look at Vietnam, look at these other countries which are able to do five-year, 10-year, 50-year plans and get so incredibly close to the marks that people accuse them of being corrupt. Corrupt officials accuse them of being corrupt. Because how can you actually make a five-year uh, plan if you're just constantly siphoning money into your own pockets? Oh, just ask the U.S. government. They would know. Anyways, folks, thanks for listening. Uh, we got to build socialism. The revolution is a process and we're in it. So keep building, keep growing, keep developing your own skills, keep joining organizations, keep you know having conversations with people, keep watching YouTube videos, listening to podcasts, reading books, but especially keep building community gardens, keep developing tenant unions, keep joining revolutionary organizations, keep feeding houseless people, keep doing everything that you can to build the revolution today. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Stay safe, folks. Stay revolutionary. Peace.